it's not so much the things you do for her every day or how much you put yourself out. It really is how you make her feel and whether she can actually respect you. Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast with your hosts, James Marshall and Liam McRae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. All right, gentlemen, we have Zam Perion, the one and only, reporting in from Bucharest. So firstly, say, hi, man, how are you? And what's been going on since we spoke? I mean, in the last 12 months, yeah, we spoke around this time last year, I think. So wow. what's been happening for you? It's yeah. been a year gone by, yeah. I haven't traveled. Yeah. I'm me, the perpetual mm-hmm. traveler, but, you know, I'm cozy like a little bug here in the center. Of, I live in the old city of Romania, so I'm right de- downtown. Even though things are still quiet and closed down, there's a group of guys that are here, some Amirati members and stuff that live here or came here mm-hmm. one-way ticket and they've just stayed. So yep. we kind of have a social distanced uh, occasional get-together. And I've been doing a lot of writing and reflecting and messing around basically. Yeah. So I've been, I kind of like the lockdown, you know, cause I'm a social guy, but at the same time, when you have nothing to do on a Thursday night, I have no obligation. I can just, I can read. It's kind of a nice little uh, mental relaxation thing, you know? I, I hate to admit that as well, but I, I feel the same. Uh, like I, what I do is I feel quite a lot for the like young guys and dudes that were just starting oh out. Like imagine, you know, imagine when we were back in the day and we we're just getting the courage to get out there and start figuring out things with chicks. And then like for two years, you're just like slammed. So that sucks for, for the youngins. But I know, I know for myself, I've definitely had quite a lot of times where I've been like, I got no FOMO. There's nothing to miss. There's nothing going on out there. Yeah. I'm going to go, going to go inwards and explore my own space. Have you had any revelations or kind of shifts or changes? Hmm. Having some, you know, proper time. Yeah. To I'll tell you. Go and, and let me just say, say this for two minutes because I will go on to insane rant about it, but I really do think oh, well, you can go on. I've been doing a podcast for a year with Jordan, my brother in arms, mm-hmm. and it's just called the Zan and Jordan show. Cause we have no imagination. <laughs> so that's what we call it. The Zan and Jordan show on our YouTube mm-hmm. channel. And what we've been talking about for an hour and a half or so is this impending cultural shift that's happening in the world that, that started with, you know, really online dating and Tinder and now even less gathering because of the coronavirus and just the people, there's, there's, a, there's a cultural shift happening in art, in music, in everything. And I think we're watching the beginning of that. And so I've been thinking about that a lot. And especially mm-hmm. in, you know, in the news, they have all this blockchain NFTs, you know, this, these uh, NFTs that are selling for like millions of dollars, which makes no sense. You buy I only found game. out about those. I found out about it's those. It's brand new things. to everybody. It's new to everybody. <laughs> but it's like, I really do think that that's signaling some kind of fundamental change in the way, in culture. I think mm-hmm. that under, like, obviously it's a bubble and it's stupid. I get it. But underneath it is a real change in the way that uh, I just think it's a real strong cultural shift. The likes we haven't seen, it's like, in, you since know, it's like printing press since the printing press, since sliced bread. So, so yeah, it's like, it's, it's, you know, in 1910 to 1920, that, that decade there, which is our decade now, hundred years later, they had the Spanish mm-hmm. flu, which killed the one quarter of, of Europeans. We think this is bad. Mm-hmm. 25% yeah, yeah. were killed by the Spanish flu. Okay. And then they had world war one on top of that. But out of that was born completely new ways of looking at art and science and physics and the whole thing. So mm-hmm. I think we're on, on a cultural, massive cultural shift again right now. And I don't know what it means. Yeah, what are some of the metrics that you feel have changed? Because I mean, obviously us both being in the dating space for so long and being there from the early days when there was no such thing as yeah. Tinder, Instagram, I mean, 
it was still collecting phone numbers and bits of paper back then. And now it's like, it's funny when I put up an infill video, which I still do occasionally. Uh, and <laughs> no, like, when uh, it goes a little bit, when it goes a little bit viral, seeing like the responses from people that are not my fans are like, what's this guy doing? Talking to a chick creepily on the street, like the, that, that yeah. zeitgeist, the idea of the idea of, of just meeting women going about your life, which has always been a thing, uh, you know, culturally that is now yeah. seen as something that's deviant in a way. Yeah. I have a couple um, of thoughts. So yeah, on what that. Other, yeah. I have a couple right. of thoughts on that, James. It's like, because I, when I wrote my book, I wrote a book called the Alabaster Girl and in there, I wrote everything I know about men and women. Okay. And what I tried to make it sure that it didn't, it wasn't dated. It didn't have, mm-hmm. you know, it didn't, you could read it 50 years from now. And it's still, it, it was just fundamental principles. But I did say in there, you know, the idea of getting a woman's phone number, you have, and that's dated now. Mm. Book came out like six years ago, but it's already, that's a dated concept, huh? Getting a girl's phone number. So, but here's what's interesting. This is going to be a premium going forward. If anybody wants to be a, a quote unquote approach coach in the future, you, your services will be of a premium. And I'll tell you why. Because everybody's used to Tinder for the last six, seven years. Now the coronavirus, so it's even more distant. So there's an entire crop of people that are going to arrive onto this space that have no idea how to be real, how to talk in real space, how to meet a girl. Mm. Oh, there's a girl on the sidewalk over there, a girl in the, in the, in the, in the food court uh, in, in, this, in this art gallery. I want to go say hi to her. Hey, what's your name? And, and, and they will have zero experience. And so, and it's going to be a premium because they're going to want to know how to do that. Wait, how do I, I can get girls on this online situation, but how do mm-hmm. I meet her in real life? That's, I would like to know that skill, but it's not going away. Online is, dating is, is not is going bizarre. away. No, it is definitely not. I was talking with Haley Quinn recently and she's kind of like an expert on the, the online space and she's, she's always in, up to date with the statistics. And uh, yeah, it's, she was telling me, you know, 40% of couples are meeting that way currently, which is up from 10 a few years ago. And so I'm sure that there will be uh, maybe men and women will both have NFTs created for them when they turn 18 <laughs> and then be put on the open market in, in some kind of algorithmic sexual stock market. Hey, there you go. Blockchain that's, dating. That's right. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's so coming. It's especially with, you know, especially with how girls are commodifying themselves today in a way that in my generation and yours, they couldn't. They literally couldn't like, you know, like with, with OnlyFans, with Instagram, with, oh my goodness. you know, with sugar babying, with all, yeah, all, all these the kind of decent, Yeah. Yeah, all these decentralized ways for, for women to now market themselves almost like a commodity. So I, I swear there will be a day sooner than later where when girls turn 18, they list themselves on the sugar baby stock exchange and that's that's how it's done. Yeah. That's my dystopian. So, prediction. but the good news behind, behind that was well, dystopian, but, but the good news behind that is there are always going to be people, men and women that say, eh, I get it, but at the same time, I would really like to understand how I stand on this earth and how I move forward. So this is a skill set that's, that's being lost. Mm. it's bizarre it, isn't it yeah it's really bizarre i'm not an approach coach i mean i go out with guys that come and the kind of coaching i've done in the past i'll take a couple of guys with me let's, let's go talk to girls and watch this you know but mm. anybody who has who can create that experience for, for men will really do well in the coming decade as far as i i mm. think so yeah yeah until they create some kind of ai virtual and and it has to be done in a way that doesn't offend the Me Too movement. Remember, you can't walk the girl in the street. You remember mm-hmm. the Gillette commercial? No, James, don't yes. go talk to that girl. She, he's just going to go talk to her, yep. right? It's insane. It's, it's funny because I'm so removed from that kind of thing because I, you know, I, 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 I've been living in Eastern Europe for so long now where it's, <laughs> exactly. where, where things still are, you know, it's, 
things are still quite on the nose really when it comes to to the the other side of that but yeah i mean i do certainly get reports from the from the western world on that kind of thing yeah all right let's answer a couple of questions i've got some rolling in for you okay here's one from sean so you are both exceptionally good at connecting deeply on an emotional level with women do you have any advice on doing this well and consistently i'm genuinely curious about women but i still sometimes have trouble doing this routinely right so yeah what are your thoughts on that the art of emotionally connecting deeply with women. You know what? People who read my book and think Ozan's this deep soul gazing guy, you know, he looks at a woman across the table and he looks into her soul and I don't do any of that. That's not my mm-hmm. spirit. I'm fun. I'm dirty. I wink at her and I'm thinking, are you my girl? Are you my girl? I'm playful. Mm-hmm. I'm hundred percent playful, you know? So connection for me is the kind of curiosity I have for girl. And curiosity is a beautiful word. If you remember curiosity, curiosity should be actively chosen for, by you. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I'm not curious about her hopes and dreams unless she's my girl. I'm not curious mm-hmm. if you have pets. I don't care about the small talk. I don't, I'm not curious at all unless you're my girl. Then I want to know everything. All I'm curious when I'm on a date with a girl or I'm meeting a girl for the first time is, are you my girl? Because you sure look like it. I saw you over there. Mm-hmm. I was standing with James and I look at you. I see you over here. You look like my kind of girl. There's something about you I like. Why? So my whole mm-hmm. curiosity is, who are you and why, do, why am I interested in you? Why am I attracted to you? Tell me. So... I don't do like deep, I'll say this is an extreme and now back it off. Rapport is for losers. <laughs> Ooh, big, big statement. Yeah. What I mean is right, if you sit, in your, you sit in your, I'll back it up. If, <laughs> if you are getting in rapport and finding, you know, trying to get in there with this great conversation, she's nodding head. Mm-hmm, yeah. You might marry the girl. So don't listen to me. Don't listen to me. You might, she might be the beautiful dream and she loves you forever and ever. But in my mind, rapport is that nice guy energy of let's have an interview with each other. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And there has to be mischief yeah. has to be a little bit of dirty spark in there where you're like, wow, look at you. I don't know how else to say it. I've been trying to say this to mm-hmm. men for years and they're nodding their head, you know, but you have mm-hmm. to have a spark of, you have to have this little cheeky mischief, you know, a little bit, a little bit, you're, you're respectful. You're a good guy. You have empathy. You're, you're, you're heartfelt, right? You've never hurt her never say anything bad at the same time you're a little dirty guy, you know, and you like it. And you like the girl to be a little dirty too with you. And that has to be expressed. And the problem is we are always doing soul gazing or just nice guy interviews. We order the wine and we sit there. So tell me about you, you're, you know? Yeah. It's like more, cause it's something that is often misunderstood. And I've, I've same, I've been talking about emotional connection for years. And initially when I get guys in on workshops and we, we start to practice this in, in role playing scenarios, we have, you know, girls come into practice and inevitably the first times that they practice connecting, it sounds like an uncle. It sounds like the uncle talking to Ah. the girl at the family dinner going, Oh, so what's, how's university going? And what do you want to do with that? You You know, exactly. That's great. And not, and not the right type of dirty uncle either. Just like, Oh no, it's (laughs) uncle Arthur is going to ask me 10 questions. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, I think it really comes down to much more, real time experience of the emotions. And yeah, like, I think, yeah, as you mentioned with this, with the kind of too much soul gazing is guys think that means some kind of um, life coaching, staring, asking, That's 100% correct. what does that mean to you? And how do you feel about Their this life coaching time? energy? Yeah. It's not good. Not yeah. good. As opposed to like actually living the energy together and, and yeah. bouncing things off each other, which as you said, you know, you don't need to know the facts of her life exactly to, to get a better understanding of her than someone who sits down and talks to her for an hour yeah. you know, about all these details. Like my first um, thing I'll say to a woman in general is like, why do I like you? I saw, I was over there with James and I came to, t- why? 
there's lots of pretty girls here. Why am I attracted? There's something about you I like. What is it? I don't know, but I like you. Come here. Mm -hmm. Tell me a story. That's good. You know, that's good. And that's many levels why that's good. Yeah. It's differentiates her from her, from the rest of the crowd. It is a personal thing straight away. And it, and it also encourages her to then qualify herself. And it's direct, completely direct without like, Oh, Hey baby, you want to, you want to show me your boobs? It's direct without being uncouth. Right. Very right. direct. Right. Yeah. Oh, back in the day when you could just say, hey, back baby, show me your boobs. It was <laughs> the caveman days. Hit her on the head with a club, drag her to your cave. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, here's one, Zan, which I'm interested in as well. So, Zan, what is your secret of youth? Because you are very youthful. Oh, my God. And why aren't you asking me that? Look, there's two dudes in a row asking you that. No one's asking me. Yes, fair enough. Do you, do you, yes. Are you particularly healthy? Or do you have great genes? Do you, you know, I've always been a, I've always been a, a hacker of my life. First, just because it's fun for me. So I take a power nap every day. I sleep maybe four, maybe five hours a night. And I take a power oh, nap. Jesus. I eat one meal a day. I've been intermittent mm-hmm. fasting for years and years. I eat between seven and nine, basically, in general. You know, sometimes I'll, I mm-hmm. won't, but I'm not strict with it. But I generally don't eat food at all in the day because I have a sedentary lifestyle. I don't stress. And I have a young girlfriend. <laughs> keeps you young. Yes. Keeps you young, that you know. really does keep you young. Yes, because I've, I've seen that with friends who stayed with their yeah. high school girlfriends and now they both look terrible. Um, yeah. So for me, it's like, it's, I, because I had this, this crazy upbringing of hardship, I guess, you know, and there's something in me that's very stoic in that I, if something doesn't work out that I really wanted to, to happen mm-hmm. and it didn't work out, I'm like, okay, well, I guess I, I guess I'm doing something else. And I just have this real kind of, I, you know, I zoom out. I have a perspective of zooming out. So I, I, I see here's my troubles for the day. But I zoom out to my entire life and cradle the grave. I think, man, I've had, I've had some good stuff and I've had some great times in my life, you know. And I zoom out further than that. And I look at myself in, in this, this speck on this time in history. I'm born in this, this modern age where technology is going is, is incredible. And, and I'm, I'm living in a science fiction future, you know. And, and I have that perspective. So I... I have a lot of reflection on respective, uh, I said perspective, <laughs> said it wrong. And I, and I don't stress with something doesn't work out or something I'm thinking, okay, that didn't work out. So, uh, you know, or, so I have that kind of attitude and I don't work a lot. I relax a lot and I contemplate a lot. And I, and I, and want a life, I want a life of a coffee and contemplation, sit with my girl I have girls in my house that come over and we play guitars and, and, and it's simple, you know? So I have a very simple life. Very, very simple. My place, you, if you ever saw my partner, is very simple. And I have a young girlfriend who adores me and, and I adore her. So it keeps you young, you know? I'm 57, mm-hmm. man. I'm almost 60. I know, which is really I have some startling. gray hair. Look, yes. it's starting to come in now. Yeah, finally. Because <laughs> I've got, yeah, I definitely, I definitely have some grays in my, and but by the end of this year, I'm going to be totally white in my beard, which is going to be interesting on white I beard, brown hair. Some kind of, some kind of half wizard. It's, I think that's a really good point because I, I've, I've looked into longevity and, you know, I've had yeah, a health coach before and, and yeah, looking like what are the things that make the difference? And there are all sorts of things with, you know, your macro and micros and your sleep patterns and your exercise and stuff. But often people do gloss over that the the effects of like stress getting enough rest whatever that is for you i mean if you can live off five i don't i can't i need nine but you know getting the right amount of sleep not being awfully stressed and with a knot in your stomach the entire time not being 
absurdly overworked and yeah being nourished by the community and you know the intimate yeah. relationships that you have around you these are the things because I, I remember looking to that like where do people live the longest and it was i think it was okinawa okinawa was, uh, some italian villages and florida yeah <laughs> and um, and i when i do know, eat i eat I, I eat the spanish keto diet which is basically fish olive oil like crazy and vegetables, you know what? So I, I don't, I don't eat, uh, right. I don't eat processed food. I don't eat sugar unless I go to Deanna's parents and they make a cake, you know, for whatever. Mm-hmm. So I also, I'm not, I'm not strict with it, but I eat a very, um, I eat a fish and olive oil based veg, vegetable and well, I eat meat, I eat steaks and whatever. Right. But I don't mm-hmm. eat a lot of processed food and I don't eat um, sugar very often. And I don't eat fruit. I eat a lot of berries, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, right. Do you find, do you have, does that, because for some people that would be, re- require extraordinary amounts of willpower and discipline. Like, do you feel like you're disciplined in this or is it, or you've reached a point where you feel like this is the, what your body wants and I'm telling it's you, natural for you? James, I'm telling you, like, I am not kidding. And I mean this very strictly because, I mean, I, I grew up in the Western world and I ate all the, you know, junk food and like anybody else, right? And I swear this is true. I cannot remember when I felt hungry last. I cannot remember last time I felt hungry. I don't eat till seven o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And those cravings are gone. And I eat sometimes at night at seven o'clock because I better eat something. Is this seven? Oh, I better, I better get some food. I am mm-hmm. not hungry ever. So your body gets used to this cycle. You know, it's the, it's yeah. the, it's the paleo kind of thing where the, you, you, yeah. go, you go hunting all day with your, with your brothers and you, you kill something, you drag it home, and, and then you have a feast. And then you mm-hmm. do it the same the next day. You know, you just go out there and you like, mm-hmm. so. I don't know if it's right or wrong. I don't study these things. Too. I'm curious about it, but um, I've been doing it accidentally for a long time because I've never been hungry in the morning. And there's a couple of things that made me that I did accidentally that now science has caught up that I've been doing. I'm 57. But when I was 20, I was in the sun all the time. I was black. I was dark, right? I was tan, tan, tan because I tried, you know, I want to get to girls, right? <laughs> and uh, so mm-hmm. I'd be tanning away and stuff like that. But I have a skin condition. You can't see it here, maybe called vitiligo. It's only on the ends of my fingers. Uh-huh. So because of that, I, I, start, I first saw it in my early 20s. I'm like, what is that? And I went to the doctor and said, well, it's cosmetic only, but be careful going in the sun. So I, when I go to the beach, I'll kind of like find an umbrella and make sure I got a hat and stuff like that. And I've done that kind of thing. So maybe that's mm-hmm. accidentally done something to it too. You know, I don't know. I'd, yeah, I think I've done a couple of accidental ones too, because I, I'm, I, my sleeping patterns is I, I sleep in every day, every day of my life. And then I don't feel hungry until the afternoon either. So yeah, I, ah. I tended to just like have long periods of, of not eating, sleeping a lot and having sex with lots of young girls. Yes, a young man, be, that lifeblood, well, the, the energy of young girls who are looking up into your face like this and adoring mm-hmm. you and have devotion to you, that'll keep you young forever. Henry Miller, as opposed writer, to, you know, Henry Miller. Yes, Tropic of Cancer, right? Yeah, he, Henry Miller, when he was in his old age, he met this woman named Brenda Venus. I'm friends with her on Facebook, and she's, I've, I've talked mm-hmm. to her a couple of times. She was in a Clint Eastwood movie. She was at this, look it up, Brenda Venus. She was a hot girl. Mm-hmm. Henry Miller fell in love with this young girl, who she was 18 or 19 at the time, and she became his muse, and he wrote a book in the company of her. He was about to die, and she met him, or he met her, and this young girl, he wrote about it in letters to her, and wrote all in his, his notebook about this, this beautiful young muse that came to his life and extended his life by five or six years by his own admission. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 100%. Because he could feel the like, okay, that's it. My, my purpose is yeah. over. I'm dying. And then suddenly 
Ah, I've got another five years. How can you so die when you got this beauty years. coming to your life, right? She's 19 <laughs> and she's looking at you and she's like, loves your work and but keeps you young, man. Mm-hmm. So Brenda Venus, yeah. Definitely. I've been friends with her for a long time and on Facebook and stuff like that. And anyway, yeah. Well, because we've, we've been talking in this group on and off over the last year about the kind of life cycle of the seducer and going through different phases in your mm-hmm. life from, you know, being younger and older. And there's a lot of talk because... You know, for the first time ever, we've got groups of men who are questioning the status quo of should I get married straight or, you know, early and have kids yeah. and be monogamous and all, all of the things that people did back in the day. And obviously, I'm an advocate of basically a lifestyle of freedom so yeah, that, she, that it's you, you have choice. But then balancing that up against the realities of time and age and so on. What, what are your thoughts on being a seducer uh, post 30, 40 and beyond oh. in terms of like, is there a, you know, is there a time you have to cash out? Is there a, is there something that men are really missing out on if they're not making a, a real, you know, a deep commitment to, to one person, for example, or what are your attitudes on family and how that fits in with, yeah. with the seductive lifestyle? So, yeah, I'd just be curious to hear your thoughts because we've, we've had a lot of discussions about that. You know what? I, I kind of have this notion, which is, I don't know if it's right or not, but, and Aristotle said the same thing. He said, a man should never get married before the age of 35. And even, yeah. even the old Greeks, even the Greeks said that yeah. back when people didn't live longer than 35. Yeah. <laughs> you should not get married before 35 because you're too impulsive and you're too horny and you too want to jump and hump everybody's leg, you know, and which causes problems. So you, you think about the concept of legacy. Some men want to like, you want to have a, a child perhaps to pass on your legacy or just, just to, to say, I, that's my son or whatever, you know? There's a need for men to want to have fatherhood. And I get that, I understand that, right? You cash out, no, you never settle. I am a, I'm a, my entire life is devoted to women and the, the concept of the energy of that, right? And I've done it my whole life. I have, if I don't have women around, my energy drains. I, I, I can't sustain, you know? And I'm with my girl now almost nine years. Could be nine years coming up soon. And I adore mm-hmm. my girl and my house is filled with women all the time. And so, and we're very close at the same time, it doesn't stop my energetic and, and I don't have an open relationship. It's not, it's not something that aligns with me. It's not my, not my spirit. If I like mm-hmm. this girl enough to be, have her in my life, then I, I like her more than all the other girls, you know? So an open relationship for me, eh, you know, I really like my girl. But at the same time, I want to talk to every girl I see and I want to like interact with them and say, hey, what's your name? Come here. Talk to me. Tell me a story. And with my buddy, James, come talk to us. And how come I don't know you before? How come I've never seen you before? You know, so there's something me that cannot be quieted. It can, I cannot stop that. I will not. You know, the, here, here's what a, a lot of guys will, will, will understand when I say this. You know that feeling when your buddy comes to town and you got a wife, for instance, or a girlfriend and your buddy comes down and says, hey, Stan, this is James. I'm in town for the night. You want to go shoot some pool or something? And the guy says, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Let me just, just, just check with my uh, significant oh, other. No. Right. right? And like she's check. like this. Well, what am I going to do tonight? In other words, you're her entertainment. What am I going to do? Okay. You're going to go with your buddy. What am I going to do? That feeling I cannot abide. No. If I want mm-hmm. it, I want to do what I want to do. If James comes to town, I'm going to say my little sweetie, my dear love of my life, I'm going to see James. You take care of yourself tonight. Sort yourself out because I'm not here. I'm going to go. Bye. See ya. Done. Mm-hmm. And if I don't have that, then it's this nag, the feeling of that nagging quality 
that some women have, you know, which is like, well, and I can't handle it. I can't abide it. So I want to, if, if I said, I'm going to go out with James, we're going to go out in the old city of Bucharest or Budapest, for instance, we're going to walk around, we're going to talk to girls, sort yourself out, my dear, I'll be back in two hours, three hours, maybe four. Then that's what I want to do. That's what I want. I will not yep. sacrifice or compromise ever. You understand? How have you, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, that's really vitally important. I think uh, pretty much in any type of relationship, monogamous or not, and it's something that men make a lot of mistakes on in terms of their compromises with it. Let's say with your, with your current relationship, which has been going for a long time, you know, it's, yeah. it's a, a solid length of time. How do you balance? Like, I mean, this is obviously it's personal stuff. You don't have to reveal too much personal stuff, but how do you balance like the woman's desires if she's younger and she wants, I don't know if she wants family or, or how she deals with like quite a sophisticated and mature philosophy, right? Yeah. Like in terms of, you are you are you are committed and you're faithful, but you're also not in no ways a pushover or or controllable. I guess that's the thing, right? Like, yeah. and that's probably probably also a big part of her attraction to you is the fact that you are still free. You know, you're choosing to be yeah. with her and and still choosing to be free. Do you have any thoughts on that? Like, how to in terms of managing your relationship, the expectations or, and stuff, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, I've been with, I met, I met her when she was 22. She's now 31, nine years. I, I know this now because I had a lot of relationships and, and stuff in the past where like, I didn't, I was confused. I didn't know what this, and, and there was drama and there's no drama in my relationship. None, zero, none. And it's because of the way you set it up from the beginning, for sure. You know, it doesn't mean like, and it's not like, okay, listen, here's my rules. I'm going to have this, I'm going to have this, and you're going to accept this and me. It isn't that. It's more like, um, this is what I've learned about women. Women are far, far, far more open and, and forgiving, I guess you could say, than we think they are with the right guy. With the right guy, mm -hmm. she wants her man to be inspired and full of life and full of energy. Here's, you know, I'll tell you this, and this is a secret. Nobody knows this, but it's true. Women in relationship, like a married woman, for instance, in general, I'm generalizing. So you might see some, well, that's not the case with me. I get it. I understand. But generally, if women feel like they are beloved, they are beloved. I don't mean loved, beloved. And she's the lily above all the lilies of the field. And you only have eyes for her. You can only see her in your mind's eye. If you're out somewhere, you go on a business trip, you're thinking about your girl. And she, can, and she knows it. Not because you show it, but also that, but you also, it's, it's, it's on your lips. You say it to her, right? And if she really believes that, she, that you adore her above anything else i'm generalizing women this is why women wives in history have have never really mind mistresses as long as you don't embarrass me don't embarrass me in front of my friends or you know my colleagues or something like that. don't bring you home with diseases and be good to me and the children be good to the family you know like i agree with you totally um but it can be a kind of a um a subtle line absolutely many, many men fall prey to becoming too needy or too accommodating yeah. or that, that sense of being beloved or, or being the great lover to her can be something where it consumes him and he doesn't have his own path anymore uh, or where he's yeah, but always then he's not, to be he's not a the chivalrous great lover. knight. He's not the beloved then. It's just a, he's just a needy, nice guy. That's it. He's yeah. just a guy who's attentive. Right. 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 Yes. Which is not, which is definitely something that guys will put a huge amount of effort into this kind of relationship equity without understanding that it's not so much the the things you do for her every day or the or how much you put yourself out it's really is how you make her feel and whether she can 
actually respect you. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, you said, you said it right. There's a fine line between being, being an attentive guy and being a guy who's too attentive too like a needy, nice guy energy, you know, like to think of it like this. If you were a king walking through your kingdom and you, and, and you, you're, you're moving through your kingdom and you see a pretty girl, she's 18, she's standing over there and you say, stop everything. Let me, who's this in my kingdom? Come talk to me. Come here. Approach me. Hello. Hello. I've never seen you before. And there's a one way conversation there. It's not like, can I, will you like me? There's no questioning of, he just speaks truth. Mm. So, so when I meet a girl and I'm standing with you in a bar, for instance, James, and I see a girl, the only thing I say out of my mouth are, are statements of truth. I don't ask a question. I don't say, hey, uh, all I say is, I don't know you, statement, period. Why do I not? Well, that's a question. It's true. <laughs> Why do I not know you? Come talk to me, my friend. Come talk to me, my friend, James, because I've never seen you before. That kind of energy, right? It's like, it's like mm. statements that land. And you know what? In that kind of an energy, you can compliment a girl highly, which is taught. You, it's taught for like 20 years. 15 years, or ever since, you know, mystery method back in the day, don't compliment, don't do that. You have to act like you have, you're, you're a busy guy and you have, you're aloof and you have, you're not needy, right? So don't compliment a beautiful girl because she's heard it all her life. Mm-hmm. But when this kind of man stands on the earth and say, hey, wait, I've never seen you before. Listen, I'm going to say this to, I'm going to say this to you. You are a beauty to me. You're beautiful. You have beautiful eyes. I'm saying that. And when it comes from a man that says that has that in, that integrity of what he's believing, right? He's speaking his truth. It's not this needy compliment of like, oh, you're so beautiful. Can I buy you a drink? And it comes with no reservations. Nothing in return is, is fine because I'm just going to speak my truth. And it lands. And, and I'll say this. I'll say, listen, you have beautiful eyes. I'm looking at you. I have you beautiful eyes. And I know you've heard this your whole life. You've heard this from men your whole life, but you never heard it from me. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. Boom, boom. Land, 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 land. And she'll go, I never, I never heard this before. Who's this guy? You know? Anyway. Yeah. I, I think about that uh, in terms of uh, the King analogy as well, like riding through your, your temporal realms and flicking coins to the peasants. It's like, I'm rich. <laughs> I can afford to give this away. It doesn't cost me anything. It doesn't shake my position. It doesn't make me weaker or poorer. It's like, I can give with sincerity and then you can take the gift or not. hundred percent. Yeah. It's so real. You know, it's like, it's like, and, and I don't know, maybe that comes with age. Does it come with age? doesn't necessarily come with age. Like, no, maybe not. No. Say, I mean, nothing comes with age just because you get older, except for, you know, weaker joints probably. But I think the opportunity to have more time to yeah. process, but it's like, do you take the lessons, right? Like there's, there's the many men who like learn the wrong lessons early on. And then that builds in them bitterness or, neediness or yeah. codependence or whatever. And then they can just intensify that forever and then get stuck in their patterns. But yeah, I mean, I think like you, you I'm no doubt you've had an, a, a number of grand affairs over your life, you know, like loves and women that, that really yeah. touched you or, or like episodes with a, with a lover, which you really maybe you fucked it up completely, or maybe you made amazing breakthroughs, but they like, now I can look back over my kind of six great loves yeah. and see so obviously how, how immature and needy I was and also how sincere and, you know, like romantic I was in an idealistic yeah. way. And then as those things start getting cracked and you come more into realities, then I think you can over time have a, have a much more dispassionate view of the whole thing. You can step back and go, yeah, men and women are going to operate like this. Uh, it's not a big personal battle between you and no. each every in, individual girl. It's like, okay, how do we actually harness the power of our masculinity to activate her femininity and, uh, and then 
filter through enough people that we can find ones that are really compatible. Mm-hmm. Go well, I'll, I'll say it really quickly here because something affected me when I was like 20, 21, maybe I can't remember. And I never th- stopped thinking about, it. you know, this is what I've my, devoted my life to this because when I was 19, 20, 21, 22, maybe going out to bars by myself, trying to be cool, trying to act like I'm aloof and cool, you know, pre-internet, pre-Tinder uh, and stuff like that, right? And I'm trying to be, I stand in the, I stand and lean against the bar trying to be cool till the lights came on. And I remember one time, I was so lonely and alone, you know? And I remember, I didn't, I tried, but I remember one night I walked out of this bar and I'll never forget, there was this girl sitting off to the side on a little bench or something, right? This beautiful girl, kind of soft energy about her. And I'm walked out and I looked at her and she looked at me and she said, hi, said it to me, hi. I'm like, hi. She says, come talk to me for a second. I went and I sat down beside her and she said, you know what? Uh, I like you. She said this, I like you. And I can't remember the conversation, but I remember she said, I like you. And I want to say hi to you. And then her ride or whatever came and she was gone. So I spent maybe three three minutes with this girl. And I never forgot it to the point that I'm telling the story today, years later, Mm -hmm. right? I'm still telling this story. Never forgot it. And And then you think, you know, everybody listening to this call, can think of a moment in time when a girl like that just gave her spirit to you freely, reached out, you know, even first, and she gave you her spirit freely and made you feel that it's going to be okay and gave that to you as a gift that you never forget that girl. You never forget it. You never forget that moment in time, right? So then my question after that is, has it ever been you for someone else? Have you ever been that angel in time for some girl that 30 years later, she's saying, you know, I met this guy one time. I'll never forget him. I only saw him for five minutes, but he, inf- I keep thinking about it. Right. If not, then why not? Those are like, because I experienced it. You experienced it. Right. The guys listening to this have experienced that moment in time where you feel like, wow, really touched by somebody's presence, you know? And so if not, then why not? Then, then everything else is, I mean, that's, that's what I've been trying to, to write about and think about ever since, you know, that spirit, that kind, kind of spirit that is, it's not needy. It's not sucky. It's not like, can you, can any of that stuff, you know, incredible. Yeah. The, the answer to that question, you know, if not, why not? As mm-hmm. a, each individual man, if he can answer that question, then he has broken through. You know, it's like, it's like, yeah, just the question is strong enough. It, it, it's stronger than the answer. The question is stronger than the answer. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Fantastic. And, and if a man asks okay. that question and can ask himself sincerely, he already is more interesting in the eyes of women who, who he's approaching. You understand? He's walking up to the women and the women think there's something about him because he's got a mystical quality that he finally has broken through to, you know, as opposed mm-hmm. to I want to get a Lamborghini and I want to get all these hot chicks and my, my boat and bikinis, right? Nothing wrong with any of that. But I'm saying... Mm-hmm. You, become, you have this mystical quality that men are lacking across the spectrum. They're, they're, they're lacking it. They're trying to date girls, trying to interview girls. They're trying to be cool. Crazy. Yes. It's, anytime you try to impress them, then they decide whether or not they're being impressed. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to the Natural, Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The, the Natural, Natural TV. TV. See you on the next episode.